And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Bro on the Go. And I'm glad I happened to glance down at the uh, screen we're recording on because I did not realize you had started. Uh, (laughs) And then I saw it was recording and I went, oh, I should say something. Yeah, well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I would have done it if you hadn't, but (laughs) there would have been a pause because you usually say something first. Yeah. Um, So today is a share show. Hooray. Yeah, so listen listen, um, with your... Friends and neighbors in mind, someone you think might benefit from from hearing this show. Great. So it's about watching your gauges. Sure. I've been bad for that. I'm so out of practice uh, for driving lately that I regularly realize, like, oh, I'm speeding, like, a lot. Yeah, I know, because... Yeah, I got two tickets. And they come to our house, yeah. <laughs> so you can't even... <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't pretend. Yeah, I... <sighs> just so out of practice with driving i'm like oh i need to actually look at my speedometer well this isn't actually about those kind of gauges yes yes we're yeah we'll get to explaining that later okay but, great uh, i've been rearranging our office as mm-hmm. you noticed we've gotten rid of desks because we do most of our work in a chair or a sofa anyway um on a laptop and so we've got two nice lazy boy recliners in there and just one really small desk and we're getting rid of filing cabinets because we're going digital. Anyway, you're going digital now. Well, in we're the trying, year of our Lord, no, 2021. Say, let's say we're trying to go paperless. There How's we that? go. Is we're that going better? digital. I mean, we were, yeah. Congratulations. Oh, Welcome to this century. Um, anyway, all that to say, we're having to make space for things and get rid of other things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, and you used to have a basement, which you still do, but now it is someone else's house. Yes. Uh, suite, so, uh, yeah. Legal suite in our basement. So, so the like 20 years worth of storage space you used to have yeah. is no longer yeah. storage space. Exactly. Uh, now, how many square feet is your apartment? 493. I'm not sure if that includes the sunroom or not. I would assume it does. Okay. So, yeah, you uh, you have to find space for things, too. And I have one closet. Things. Yeah, I have one closet. And it's not even like a hall closet. It is it is the closet in which I keep my clothing. And you bought, didn't you buy us another storage unit for the yeah, dining area? I bought like a little Ikea thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... You you can relate to having to make space for stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, and I have a lot of stuff. Okay. I am a stuff keeper. Oh, that's not good. Well, when you live in 400 and whatever square feet. I'm making it work. I even have space to pole dance. So <laughs> there you go. Um, in today's share show, I want to talk about how we can organize our lives so that we have the time, the money, and the energy to focus on what's important. Hmm. So with that in mind, have you ever had one of those days where you were 20 minutes late for a dinner engagement because you were 15 minutes late picking up your dry cleaning because you were 10 minutes late at the hairdresser because you were five minutes late leaving work? Bold of you to assume I have clothing that requires dry cleaning. (laughs) Really? That skirt you're wearing, doesn't that need to be dry cleaned? This is Jersey. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's how I'm sitting sitting cross-legged in it. (laughs) Okay. Um, so one of those days where you're just perpetually running behind because everything took longer than it should have. Mm, I mean, yes, that's every day. Yeah. That was today. <laughs> True. You were late. I'm always late. Yeah. Uh, 
Or, or here's another one. Have you ever suffered the humiliation of having to leave some of your groceries at the till because you spent your grocery money on a really cute outfit? <laughs> that I haven't had. No. Okay. I mean, back in the day when we paid it for, you know, paid cash for everything. Yeah. I definitely ended up at the till without enough cash. Oh, on that's brutal. Yeah. And so you go, oh, I just, I just won't take those two items. It's oh, <laughs> pretty embarrassing. I hate that. Or... Have you ever, ever finished the day with no energy and still a ton of work to do before you could crash for the night? Yes. I know you've had that yes, one. Yes, that, that also is mm. regular. Yeah. Uh, especially in the spring when you were so short-staffed. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. But whether we're talking about time or money management or the crowding of our energy or, or our emotions, we're mm -hmm. talking about space issues. Mm -hmm. And if you answered yes to any of my previous questions, you have them. <laughs> you have space issues. Mm -hmm. Back in the day when I worked as an interior designer, I had a client who was determined to use every good decorating idea she ever saw. No. In one room. No. <laughs> and I, I was trying to explain to her that over-decorating creates chaos out of what otherwise could be really beautiful. Mm -hmm. That just because a space has been left unfilled does not mean it has been left undesigned. Yeah. Interior designers call this strategically unfilled space negative space. And negative space is a really important element of design. It, it contributes to the beauty of a room by creating a sense of order and restfulness. And it allows our eye the freedom to find the elements in the room that really deserve attention, mm -hmm. whether that's a sculpture, a painting, fireplace, view, whatever. And when you live in a house for as long as I've lived in this one, you accumulate a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. You've been in this house 27 years. And sometimes you can't even really see what other people see when they walk in. Yeah. Because it's just all so familiar. It's just always been there. And you tend to add stuff without ever taking stuff away. <laughs> so when I decluttered my mom's house to stage and sell it, I got inspired to declutter my own. And hmm. I took a bunch of paintings off the walls. I got rid of some accessories. I created some negative space, and I think it feels much more peaceful now. A lifestyle that has negative space can create peace in our lives, uh, in, in our lives that are affected by our culture's obsession with speed and chaos and clutter. It also enables us to place priority on the facets of our lives that really matter. So my ideas for our um, the idea of negative space come from a combination of Richard Swenson's book, Margin, and a talk I heard by Bill Hybels a long time ago. So I want to focus on, um, I want to talk about five major issues of life where we all need space that has been left empty by design. Mm. And I wrote about this in my first book, um, 10 Smart Things Women Can Do to Build a Better Life, if you want more depth. Um, to assess how we're doing at making space in all the right places in our lives, this is where we get into the gauges. Sorry, ignore that sound. That's yes, our dog growling. That, that is not our stomachs. It is our dog, and he's, yeah. How about you just be quiet? Thank you. Um, <laughs> he's still protesting, but we'll carry on. <laughs> so imagine the control center of your life as a dashboard with five gauges on it. Okay, that's that's why I was talking about gauges earlier. People who learn to read these gauges and keep them out of the red zone dramatically reduce the daily stress levels in their life. And they keep themselves out of serious trouble. And in the long, in the, in the long term, really do build a better life. So the first one is your time gauge. 
On a trip to Malaysia a whole lot of years ago, I learned for the first time that airports are actually required by law to leave a certain period of time between international flights. Hmm. This is to accommodate for the inevitable delays and complications of world travel. A very good idea. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that I really appreciated the long layovers on that particular trip because we took the milk run to Malaysia. <laughs> we saw five airports coming and going, so or six rather, so five layovers each way. Um, the whole trip took like 30 some hours. It was ridiculous. But imagine the alternative of not having enough time between flights. Oh, that makes so stressful. That, that makes my unmentionables mm. pucker. I hate that. <laughs> do you remember that trip, um, that that compassion exposure trip to I the do. Dominican? I do. Mm. I, I don't remember the specifics. Apparently, I blocked them out. But I remember dad was like running. We had to get on some shuttle without him at oh, some yeah. point oh goodness so, it was traumatic it was horrible so we had a connection in toronto that though although it was legal it was really not adequate for clearing customs traversing a huge airport waiting in security lineups yada yada so recognizing we were under time pressure our trip coordinator bolted from the plane and secured a place in the customs lineup and then as every one of our group emerged from the crowd she waved us over and let us in the line of course this did not endear us to the people already no in line behind her no. we apologized but you know we felt like really we really didn't have a choice yeah so once through customs we grabbed our bags and sprinted through the corridors of pearson international airport toward the lineup the security lineup and bear in mind i'm like 12 yeah <laughs> i'm 12 with an undiagnosed anxiety disorder <laughs> <laughs> this would not have been a good day I, for you. I really i i remember so few details but i remember the feelings so intensely it was oh, awful so because we were nine travelers, customs had taken extra time, and the same people who had complained about our line etiquette were now ahead of us in line. Mm -hmm. And we knew we still had a shuttle ride ahead of us, and our next flight was leaving shortly. So I boldly went to the front of the line and explained our situation to the security guard. And he graciously waved us all to the front of the line. <sighs> so you got to know this was very uncomfortable for a group of Canadians who are known the world over for being unfailingly, if not ridiculously, polite. <laughs> yeah, people probably thought we were from somewhere else. So we probably let them. And so Dad, in offering another round of apologies to the same disgruntled travelers we had already cut ahead of, once before, yeah. he somehow got separated uh, from the rest of the group. And his, he yelled to me over the heads of other people, whether I make it or not, get on the plane. I hate that. Oh, I hate that. That makes me so, oh, <laughs> oh I'm suffering all over again. And I know I'm making it about me, but I only experienced my feelings. Right. Well, I'm sorry to, to traumatize you again. <laughs> but so you and Kendall and I made a break for the shuttle. We ran. And once we were on the bus, I breathlessly pleaded with the driver to wait for my husband. And then we saw this tall, broad shadow appear behind the airport doors. This is the part you remember, right? Yes. And I said, I'm sure this is here, him now. Please wait. The airport doors parted and a large man emerged, but he was not my husband. <laughs> and the doors closed again. And I said, please just wait another minute. And the, another shadow appeared behind the doors. They parted and Randy appeared and you and Kendall shouted, run, daddy, run. <laughs> and Randy sprinted to the shuttle. And he was, so he, recently he started running, but he was not a runner at the time. No, he was not. He's a big dude. Yeah, and so he, he literally pried the doors open. 
open on the shuttle because it was <laughs> like, starting to leave. Like the, like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I don't remember any of these details. Oh. I must have been so messed up. Oh, he managed to drag himself inside and everyone on the shuttle cheered. <laughs> <laughs> that I remember. It reminded me of the amazing race. It was so stressful. Why would anyone willingly oh. put themselves through that? And that. yet we kind of do. We can bring a, a, a degree of sanity into our lives simply by making space in the way we plan our days. And instead of being rushed and stressed out because something took longer than it should have, we can, like the airlines, anticipate that not everything will go as expected and we can plan accordingly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> genuinely quite upset having heard that. I'm oh, no. doing some deep breathing. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, so are, are, are you? do you feel like you're good at that? Like, are you go good at allowing some space in your time? I mean, clearly not. I'm, I'm, huh, everything takes longer than I think it will. And even when I do put some margin in, uh, somehow, something always sets me back. And it almost like I could give myself an hour of margin and somehow that still doesn't seem to be enough. I think it's because sub subconsciously we know we have that time and so yeah. we try to fit in a bunch of other things. I set my clocks early because I know I'm always late. Um, but then I know my clocks are set early. Right. So yeah, I just, there's no getting around to being me. It would seem wherever I go, there I am. Okay. Well, tune in because some oh, of okay, great. Help you. I'll just listen. <laughs> Our creator knows we need downtime. In the, in the Jewish scriptures, he actually gave the Jewish people a law to create negative space in their lives, mm -hmm. which is called Sabbath, and it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's found in the Bible in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 10. Mm -hmm. And it says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. Mm -hmm. Now, that may seem really heavy-handed and restrictive, but it, in reality, is a gift. Oh, absolutely. In giving it, God was saying to his people, Israel, let everybody around you work themselves into the ground. I want a better life for you. Yeah. I want to give you the gift of rest. So go, go ahead, work hard for six days, but then take a day off. Yeah. Enjoy each other, celebrate me, and in the end, you'll be amazed at how much more productive you are. Also, that's not to say that God was pro six-day work week. It was like chores and like like not necessarily employment but right. like yeah mm. errands and chores and i mean he was talking to people who were working seven days a week true yeah true so um interestingly research from the business world confirms that god knew what he was doing mm -hmm. go figure uh karen hannah is a former vice president of levi strauss um now she's a life coach but or executive coach, but she determined that people are at peak effectiveness when they take off 120 days a year. And that, that uh, makes uh, or works out to two days off per week plus three weeks of vacation. Hmm. Yeah. So in giving us the Sabbath day, God really gave us a wonderful gift, but it's kind of counterculture of him both then and now. He was pretty counterculture in, in general. general yeah. yeah, right. Workaholism is often applauded and rewarded by our culture. The but, addiction to workahol. But it's not, it's not good for us, whether our work is inside the home or outside the home. God wants us to take a day off. He created us and he knows that we need it physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Now, we might feel like we really can't spare a day 
to, to take a day off working. But if we're honest, we can usually think of a few ways that we waste time, mm -hmm. right? Social media, Netflix, video games, shopping, just to name a few. If we're monitoring our time gauge, we'll make space in our schedule. And that space will allow us to nurture ourselves and our relationship, our, our relationships with others, and it will improve our lives, our lives and the life of everybody close to us. So our second gauge we're going to be watching is our emotional gauge. One way we know our emotional tank is empty is when we begin to resent people in our lives for having needs. Mm. Our babies for being dependent. Our parents for getting sick. Our husbands for wanting physical intimacy. Unless we're constantly refilling our emotional tank, we'll frequently get to the place where we just don't have the emotional fuel to care for anyone or about anything else. I think it's also important to note that everyone's emotional tank is a different size. Yes. And um, just because your partner, your friend, your sibling, your parents may have a bigger or smaller emotional tank than right. you, does not mean you are defective, does not mean they are defective. Well, and the other thing is um, filling that tank is going to look different for everybody else, yes. right? Um, you know, some people... Well, for me, what replenishes me is walking in nature. Mm -hmm. That is a very uh, replenishing thing for me. What What is for you? Uh, <laughs> pole dancing okay. um, genuinely is... Oh, just to be really clear, if you're not a regular of Crow on the Go... Just by myself. It's all by yourself in, in my apartment. Kitchen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, by myself. I post the occasional Instagram video, but nothing comes off and it's just... It's really just acrobatics, which yeah. I find so fun and so fascinating. Uh, singing is very good for yes. my heart. Um, Painting for me. Mm -hmm. Generally just making things. Yeah. Yeah, you make all kinds of things. I make all kinds of stuff. Like with power tools. Yeah. And, and with, I need a new sewing machine. Um, new sewing machine? Yeah, I do. Oh. Uh, it's a bummer, but I really do. Um, yeah, I just like to make things. I like to create mm. or fix Okay. Yeah. And and I think it's really important that people realize it's not selfish to allow yourself this time and this Ooh, space, right? It is, it is the equivalent of putting an oxygen mask on yourself before. Yeah. 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 It's necessary for our emotional health. And really, the people closest to you will thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> for building this time in. Living with someone in burnout is not a fun experience. Mm. And I know this from personal experience. Mm. Yeah. Well, and and you've mm. also been the burnt out person. I have also been that person. Yeah. Not the most fun, which fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I get that. Um, so our third gauge that we need to be watching is our energy gauge. So this is our physical energy uh, as opposed to our emotional energy. And our physical energy is dependent on a combination of the, the oxygen we breathe, the food we take in as fuel, the demands we make on our bodies, mm -hmm. and the opportunity for recovery through sleep. So that those things kind of make up our general level of physical fitness. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how little relationship some people see between their energy level and what they consume for fuel. You know, many women keep the pace of an Olympic athlete, but instead of powering their aggressive approach to life with protein and complex carbohydrates, they survive on caffeine and complex schedules. <laughs> Which, look, no judgment at all, but I do want to say... Caffeine dependence is a drug dependence, and if you're cool with that, cool, but bear in mind that is that is drug use. It's mm -hmm. legal, but it's still not great for you. Not judging anybody, um, you've, you've struggled with caffeine dependence 
as long as I've been alive. Um, Not so much the last few years, I don't think, but... Really? You think I've struggled with caffeine dependence? I know you've struggled with caffeine dependence. Okay. The amount of times I've heard, sorry, I have a headache, I haven't had a Diet Coke today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's that, I was thinking of it differently. Yeah, and I actually was having trouble with my stomach the last few days, so I've st I stopped drinking coffee. Mm. And um, yesterday, I was so sleepy all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your brain needs it. Um, so that that is that is a dependence. That's yeah. okay. it may be socially acceptable, but it isn't yeah. great for you. Yeah, fair. And that's easy for me to say because I take medically prescribed amphetamines, which is like coffee on steroids. Yeah. So yeah. easy for me to say. Um, but you know, just just bear that in mind. Okay. So one other thing uh, on the physical side of things um, is that we are, as a culture, pretty much sleep deprived. Mm. In the 19 or 1850s, adults were getting nine and a half hours of sleep a night. And medical science Heck tells yeah. us that's the optimum. When the light bulb was invented, that amount of time began to decline. And today, the average night's sleep is a little less than seven hours. Hmm. So, you know, we can manage our time down to the last millisecond. But if we don't manage our physical energy by allowing sufficient recovery time through sleep, we can't do our best work and we have nothing left to give. I feel a lot less effective now because I regularly have to take breaks in my workday to take a nap because mm -hmm. I'm falling asleep at my desk. Yeah. Well, and especially when you work at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been that way at the office at the too, office, though. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, you have chill cells in your office or whatever they're called. <laughs> chill zones. Uh, the fridge and the freezer. We've moved offices, so we actually don't have those anymore. Oh. But I do have a car that I can comfortably sleep in. Okay. Um. So I think it's important to, that we realize that everything we do, think, and feel costs us energy. Mm -hmm. And some chapters of life are much greedier of our physical resources than others, but we still have to figure out how to balance um, those times of high demand with, um, with recovery. And if we don't, we become vul uh, you know, vulnerable to every virus or bacteria in the neighborhood and over time, um, you know, can can get into even worse physical trouble that things that are absolutely debilitating so um and then and working out of course is an important part of that but i'm gonna just keep zooming along because we're pretty short of time here our um fourth gauge that we're going to look at is our financial gauge and overspending in our culture is pretty normal. Mm -hmm. um, not only does the typical family crowd out all the available spe uh, space in their finances, but they borrow space they don't even have. Yeah. What, when we are talking to ourselves about what, when we can afford something or not, what we really mean often is, can I afford the payments? And that's a huge problem because when we have no unused space in our financial world, crowding, uh, spending crowds out a, a whole lot of other areas. Usually it's impulse buying that's the main culprit. Mm -hmm. You know, we see something we want but can't really afford. So what do we do? We buy it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have to work longer hours to pay off our credit cards. And as a result, we're emotionally and physically exhausted, far too tired to exercise or build into our relationships. So you see where this is going. It's a spiral. What's the worst thing that can happen if you continue to live with no space in your financial life? Well... You'll be in debt up to your eyeballs, but be too busy, tired, and depressed to care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True. But worse than that, life loses purpose. Mm -hmm. It becomes all about going to work and spending money and digesting food and flipping through Instagram and drifting into unconsciousness just in time to wake up and do it all again. So what's the point of it all, right? 
And that brings us to our fifth and final gauge, which is our spiritual gauge. The Westminster Catechism answers the purpose question when it states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. In other words, we're here on this planet to celebrate God and to be his friend. And if that's true, then to live without faith is to completely miss the point of our lives here on earth. We are physical, intellectual, social, and spiritual beings. And if we ignore the spiritual aspect of our lives, life just isn't nearly as rich as it could be. Study after study reports that people of faith are healthier, they report happier marriages, and they live longer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because we were created to find fulfillment in relationship with our Creator. When we deny that, we, we lose purpose. I, I, it's like there's this God-shaped hole that he's intentionally placed inside us. He wants for us to long for him just as much as he longs for us. When we fill up our spiritual tank by pursuing a relationship with God, we find a contentment that is not available any other way. Mm -hmm. That God-shaped hole is filled by God's own spirit when we invite him into our lives. And we keep that tank full by spending time with God in prayer, just talking to him. We can um, read his love letter to us, which is really what the, the Bible is, especially the New Testament. And, and in learning about him from other people who have known him better or known him longer. And then when we apply what we learn to our lives, that's how we learn to live as our creator designed us to live. And we find out just how rich life can be. So those are the five gauges we need to watch so that we're sure we have space in those five areas. And there's a pretty good chance there's at least one of those gauges in your life that isn't that happy. Mm. <laughs> I, I think from time to time, we probably all visit the red zone. But if any one of our gauges is in the red on a regular basis, that's something we need to fix. And there's no shame in that. It's hard to create and maintain negative space. It requires a lot of self-discipline and vigilant monitoring, but the sanity gained is well worth it. Watching the gauges of our time, physical energy, emotional energy, and finances enables us to live with unfilled space in the, the first four areas of our lives. That ensures that we have the resources we need to get where we want to go. Monitoring that final gauge of our spirit helps us determine what, where that is. Your gauge is like, where is there discomfort? Where is there yes, dis-ease? Yeah. Where's the stress in my life coming from? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, we'd encourage you to share this show with anyone that you think might benefit yeah. from it. And I think anyone could. And have a conversation could. about it. Yeah. And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback on this show. Um, you can reach out to mom on Facebook, just Donna Carter. Yep. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Kaya March, K-A-I-A -A March, like the month. And um, you can also get in touch with us on Instagram, Grow on the Go Pod right. is our Instagram. Yeah. And you'll find... And we really do love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And you'll find fun little videos mm -hmm. of us there that we never plan in advance. So they're always a bit of a, a, a lovely little mess. And we never edit them. And we never edit them so either. The so thing. it's just, yeah, the, you <laughs> see how we actually interact in real time. It's truly a delight. Uh, but that is it for yeah, us today. Thanks for on being Girl with the us go. today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankers. And I'm Donna Carter. 
Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.